all the feels on this one. Because that's what the science says. Welcome to The Whole View. I'm Stacey Toth of Real Everything. I'm all about loving the skin you're in and being healthy inside and out. Let's talk about what this looks like in real life. Facts do not have opinions. And I'm Dr. Sarah Ballantyne of thepaleomom.com. I believe that scientific literacy is the key to improving public health. Just don't let perfection be the enemy of the good. Science is true whether or not you believe in it. Self-love is really about self-respect and acceptance. Welcome to The Whole View, episode 500. We are taking a look back on the show for 500 episodes, but also what's next. And we are physically recording live with our Patreon community on video. And I know a lot of you are listening back to this as part of our regular show. If you're not part of our Patreon community, definitely come over because this is an abbreviated version. We're going to have the show, but also questions and answers. And I can tell you right now, there's some good questions and answers that we're not going to be putting in the main feed, but you can pop over and visit us at patreon.com slash the whole view. And I, I want to kick off by saying happy astrological new year, everyone. <laughs> My favorite astrologer, Eliza Kelly. Yep. You heard that right. Sarah won't be able to deny my love for the moon much longer. So I'm giving her one more chance to mock me. Anyway, she shared that we are at the end of an astrological year and the pressure is building for release at spring equinox with the full moon in Virgo on March 18th. And I want to read from the hood, Witch, which is a different astrologer I follow uh, to kick us off on a light note, because I know that the show is heavy and hard for everyone, including us. So here is the most profound, accurate, discreet <laughs> little preview you've ever heard of our future. All of the projects that we've been working on for the past month reach an end or hit a pivotal turning point. Change and growth has happened. Now is the time to reflect and enjoy the fruits of our labors. Dreamy Neptune and transformative Pluto aspect the full moon, pushing us to make necessary changes in our lives, even though we don't want to take the leap and make the transition towards evolution. The good news is that we have the opportunity to heal ourselves and relationships under this lunation. The moment we understand that fear is holding us back from attaining greatness in our lives, the easier the transition will be. There is a whole world out there that we have not experienced yet, which is waiting to be discovered. Releasing this energy into the world is the change we need to create a better life for ourselves. Transformative Pluto. Yep, transformative. Yeah. Your favorite planet, right? <laughs> it's not a planet. It was demoted to dwarf planet status in 2006. How transformative can it be if it hasn't? I believe it. I was taught in gravitationally cleared its own orbit, though. You were taught it in school, therefore. I was taught in school. <laughs> well, here's the thing is I don't know that I um, can get 100% behind astrology. We all know my thoughts that the science does not yet understand how the moon does affect us. I believe this very strongly, but it's a bit further to be as finite as um, some astrology predictions, but I felt that that um, write-up was apt for where we are today and today's show in terms of 
um, how everybody is feeling. So um, I am very curious to hear how David, who now listens to our show, uh, your husband who uh, does astrophysics is going to think about my bringing astronomy onto the show. Thanks for having me name dropped these two different astrologers that I follow. Uh, <laughs> he often like, you know, he'll often simple simplify what he does for a living to like, I study astronomy because it's a, it's a little bit more accessible than saying astrophysics, astrophysics. If he says I'm an astrophysicist, people will ask him, uh, usually like about the multiverse or white holes. It's usually like those two different things. Um, but often then he'll just say, I study astronomy. And then people will ask him to 50, 50 chance anyways. Okay. Can you tell my future? So, um, yeah, we have a lot of skepticism about astrology in I this household just in general. I am interested to hear from David on the multiverse as I am to hear from astrologers on um, their predictions. Like it's it's both entertaining people watching either way. Like I, yeah. I want to hear to, about the, to the multiverse. To be clear, he <laughs> studies the x-rays emitted from dust clouds around high gravity objects like neutron star stars and active galactic nuclei which are the black holes in the center of galaxies so not multiverse i mean nor, nor rocket science either he's gonna find thanos in that dust i'm telling yeah, you yeah clearly yeah. <laughs> emitting x-rays um so sarah while we take a look at our future, can you share with us how you're making this necessary change in your life? And for those who are not watching on video, I am using quotation marks to refer back to um, <laughs> our, <laughs> our little generic horoscope <laughs> of things. Things are things are maybe ending or maybe not, but change is happening, which yep. uh, does definitely feels like every day, but more so today. Um, so I will give it that. So for our listeners who maybe missed uh, my announcement a few episodes ago, this is my last episode on The Whole View as a regular co-host. I will be back as a guest host from time to time, but Stacey is moving forward with some amazing plans for the show uh, and a rotating cast of just amazing expert co-hosts that I know all of our listeners are going to love moving forward. And sometimes in there, I will be back as well. Um, and Stacey's going to definitely share some of the really cool, exciting things that she has lined up for the show. But I wanted to take this opportunity to share more about what I'm moving on to, especially because I want to frame it in my deep gratitude to this show, to you, Stacey, to our listeners, to our Patreon family, because so much of what I have learned on the show, both in the very positive experiences in the actual, you know, like just that going back and forth experience, that repetitive read through the scientific literature, really try to understand it, then try to communicate it, just that granular aspect, that experience. Um, but also some of the more hard-earned lessons through maybe some more negative experiences that um, have happened along the way that are probably uh, opaque to our listeners, but Stacy and I have definitely had some more challenging things happen in the background sometimes. Um, all of those experiences are what gives me the confidence to move forward and build something completely new. And I think building something new is uh, inherently scary. And I have to, I have to thank this podcast for 
um, giving me the, the experience and the confidence to lean into that fear because I know that this is the right thing to, to build. I know that Nutrivore has the capacity to really affect change and improve people's lives in a much broader capacity than what I've been able to do thus far and really, you know, make an actual measurable difference in our current epidemics of chronic illness that we face in Western countries. So I want to share a little bit about what that vision is with you listeners as I um, move on to, to focusing 100% of my time and energy on Nutrivore. So I'm building a new website, Nutrivore.com, and uh, building a lot of foundational materials that the Nutrivore philosophy will, will sort of rely on in order to uh, communicate Nutrivore, but also make this very simple concept of choosing foods to meet our nutritional needs really accessible. And the idea is to be able to focus on the foods that are the most important for, for supporting our health and get away from that sort of diet culture, uh, dietary dogma, demonizing foods, um, having no lists, having um, red light foods, getting away from the judgment of foods and instead looking at the quality of the diet as a whole, because science tells us that's the thing that actually matters, right? Are you choosing foods such that they're the sum nutritional contribution of each food to your overall diet is the sum of the nutrients that your body needs to thrive? If the answer is yes, then we can let go of the guilt and the judgment around maybe one of the foods that I ate in that week wasn't a great food, right? So if I'm mostly picking nutritious health promoting foods, does it matter if I ate a piece of cake? The answer is no. I mean, the science unequivocally tells us the answer is no. And what Nutrivore will allow me to do is focus on the positives and stop that guilt cycle of having foods that are sort of on the no list, on this banned list. And so part of what I'm building for Nutrivore.com is incredibly detailed articles on the science behind, you know, why broccoli is such an amazing health promoting food. The fascinating thing to me, um, my team and I have been building this for about two years and I need to shout out my team right now because I expanded my team last year. I have the most amazing team ever. This is not just my project anymore. It is a team effort. I could not do this without them. They are amazing. And I am like, it's just, it's so wonderful to have um, such talented, um, just phenomenally dedicated women to build this with. So uh, shout out to my team. But as we started building this two years ago, one of the things that we discovered really quickly is there's a lot of science on health benefits of one specific food or sometimes a really granular food family that hasn't reached public discourse. So there's, you're not going to like go on the internet and search for health benefits of broccoli and find some of the really cool articles, uh, scientific articles that uh, they, where they do, like they take a group of people, they have them eat a pound of broccoli every single day and they measure how that improves their serum cholesterol. Like that's just super cool, super actionable science. And it really kind of lives over there in the scientific world and it hasn't made it into 
the medical field, the nutrition field. I mean, certainly everyone is going to agree that broccoli's healthy, but what I want to do is make such a strong case for why broccoli is amazing that even if you don't like broccoli, you're willing to give it a try. And so that is kind of the goal with Nutrivore is to really focus on the positives. And then I'm also going to explain to you what are the other foods that have the same nutrients. So if you don't like broccoli, here's maybe 10 other things that you could choose that are going to be nutritionally interchangeable, right? So making it really accessible, because I know for our listeners who've been following me for a really long time, you're all looking still to level up. You're all like, okay, here's all the amazing things I'm doing. What, what can I switch up to do even better? And I want to provide that resource for you, but I also want Nutrivore to to be accessible to the person who's currently getting two or three meals a day through a drive-through window. And if the one thing that my content can get them to do is eat one more servings of fresh fruit and vegetable, maybe it's their only serving of fresh fruit and vegetable per day because they, you know, interacted with my content, like that's going to make a huge difference to that person's health. And so I'm building Nutriboard to really reach this broader audience. So it goes all the way from the deep dives, but also is leaning in a little bit to the shorter attention span that we have online these days. Um, my plan is to layer information. So layering these really intense, uh, you know, detailed articles with much more summary type content, beautiful visuals um, in my perfect world. Eventually this will not exist for lunch, but eventually I would like every article to have an audio version for audio listeners a video summary for people who learn better by seeing um, so that I can also cater to different types of learners in addition to different sort of progress on a health journey people. Um, and then the, 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 the science behind Nutribor that we've been building. Um, last year, I created a new nutrient profiling method that I'm calling the Nutribor score because if you can't have alliteration, then rhyming is the next best thing. And I calculated the first like 300 scores by hand. And what my team has been doing has been turning this into a like meticulously documented database where the scores are now automated. So we've actually been able to expand the database to seven and a half thousand foods currently. So when Nutrivore.com launches at a time in the not too distant future, I'm really hesitant to put a date on it because I've been putting a date on it for the last um, year <laughs> and every time we get close to the date, we have to push that date farther and farther out. So hopefully this summer, um, but when it launches, there's going to be uh, like this search page where you can just look up the Nutrivore score of foods and the database that it's going to draw from has seven and a half thousand foods in it. So this has been really exciting. And this is just one tool for understanding nutrient density. So uh, I've also created what I'm calling the Nutrivore weekly serving matrix. And this is a product that is uh, available for sale now and is coming in uh, a matter of weeks. Um, it's, it's very, very close to, to actually launching. But again, I'm not going to put a date on it because every time I do, something takes seven times longer than I think it will. Um, so the weekly serving matrix is also just a way of like creating a checklist for uh, related food families that if you just follow the checklist throughout the whole week, without thinking about nutrients any more than that, you'll achieve nutrient sufficiency. And it's really focused on the foods that have the most robust scientific evidence for their servings, reducing chronic illness risk, you know, cardiovascular disease risk, all-cause mortality. So that's another like piece of the foundational content that Nutribor is built on. 
And then we've got a bunch of other things that are sort of percolating in the background that we haven't had time to develop yet, but we're working on something that would be like a nutrient completeness score, which would either be for like a recipe for a full meal, or it might look at everything that you eat in the whole day. So it's not just how much nutrients did you consume, but did you get enough of every single nutrient is sort of the idea with that score. Um, we're looking at, again, sort of like nutrient scores for recipes instead of just individual foods. Um, I'm working with a literary agent to start crafting uh, some Nutrivore books to go with this. I'm going to be doing a lot more video work. Um, and so it's, it's, it's just a really, like, I hope the, the thing that is communicated is just the huge scope. I mean, we've got so many different ideas of ways that it's not just about communicating the Nutrivore philosophy in a way that's really accessible, but it's also about what other tools can I give you to make eating more nutrient dense foods easy and accessible and tasty, right? So where recipes and meal plans and all of those different things, where can they fit in? Um, what kind of tangible items might be helpful in your life? And so we've got just this, this huge, plan, I think I've just described about the next five years. So when Nutrivore.com launches, it won't be the finished version of that website. It'll have a ton on it and it will have all this super solid foundation that the Nutrivore philosophy relies on in order to be able to communicate and build that audience. But I've got, again, about five, at least five years, I think, of plans to sort of build that entire resource out. So my idea is eventually... If you want to know something about whether or not a food is healthy, there's like obviously the one place that you go and that's Nutrivore.com. That is your one-stop shop because that's where you're going to get all of the information in whatever way you learn best, in whatever level of detail you're most interested in with whatever resources you need to make it happen in your life. So that is the, my baby, my, my, um, my project that uh, is why I'm leaving uh, at least on a weekly most, most of the time I'll be back to guest host, but that, that is what I'm moving on to, to spend all of my time and energy on it because it's become really clear, especially in the last year that my team is, <laughs> is working faster than I am because they're all so amazing and I'm the bottleneck right now. And so the idea is to open that up and start like checking things off the to-do list so that we can go from this being sort of percolating along to accelerating down the highway towards launch. I know that one of the questions that um, was asked by our beloved Patreon community is um, when things will be available. So I just want to point out, I heard that you're going to have a whole bunch of resources delivered like in a week now, because you're not going to have the podcast. I definitely soon. said, I definitely said, I don't want to put a time on it. It'll, it'll be live <laughs> when it's ready. Um, I, I, I'm just as eager to have this out there as all of you are listeners. And I want to thank you for your support and your enthusiasm because I've just received so many messages of just eagerness. Like I know you, you, you want it and I want to have it ready for you. Um, we are a small team. We're not a huge team and we are, we're all focused on it. And as of a couple hours from now, um, I'm not going to have a podcast to prep for next week. So I'm going to get to continue working on Nutrivore. And, um, and I do expect that leaving the podcast is going to make 
wrapping up the, all of these different things that are on, on the go right now possible. Um, but at the same time, you know, do recognize that, um, it's a lot and I don't want to put it out there till it's ready. So it's coming the, the weekly serving matrix again, it's just, just a few weeks. It won't, it won't be long. Nutrivore.com some more. We're going to measure that period of time in months. Um, but again, I'm not promising a date because I've learned not to do that. Well, um, I think it sounds amazing. The idea of having a place to go where um, we're reducing the ableism of health. This is a concept that's kind of become more clear to me, especially over the last year or two with um, looking into all different kinds of how does this affect different kinds of people. I think you and I approached a lot from our own N equals one experiences for a long time, and we're both incredibly privileged. We came both from obesity and had that lens, but we didn't come and, and autoimmune, but we didn't really come from a lot of different lenses. And so the idea of making content that can appeal to a younger generation with little snippets and audio, but also to um, enable people who might not have the ability to read a long blog post for whatever reason, um, having a different format is the way to reach a larger audience. And so I know we all get it. And um, I will say uh, more apt than our um, horoscope then uh, I shared earlier, I've been reading Brene Brown's book, Alice of the Heart. And this week, I read the chapter on bittersweet. And I think that I sum up a lot of what we're all feeling about the change in the podcast as being bittersweet. Because on one hand, we have been doing this together as good friends and collaborators every single episode, every single week together for 500 episodes, which is really unheard of in the podcasting world. And there's a bittersweetness to saying goodbye to that, but also knowing that it opens the door for Nutrivore to become this great thing that we're looking forward to learning more and being a part of. And also the podcast will continue, but look a little bit different because you won't be on every week. And um, I will say that I'm super excited about the guests that have committed so far. And I do feel confident that there is more to offer you listeners than just, you know, what we've covered previously. And I think um, what's great is that we can expand a lot of the conversations that we've started with the experts who inspired them and bring those people to you. So um, when we're looking at the future of where the podcast is going, one of um, the very first people you will meet on the show is Jeffrey Marsh, who um, is the person I shared, I had a coaching session with, and um, I talked about how they explained to me that perfectionism is not actually a good thing. And Sarah, when I shared that with you on the show, you were like, whoa, wait a minute. That's, that's like a bomb you just dropped. And I can't really process that right now. So I'm going to put it over here for a minute. Um, so Jeffrey and I are going to carefully pick up that bomb and um, talk about the perils of perfectionism. And I think it's especially apt because we know from science that uh, type A personalities are more significantly likely to be um, 
in people with autoimmune diseases, right? So type A, perfectionism, all that kind of tendency is um, more likely to happen um, or there is a higher prevalence of it in people with autoimmune disease. So for those of you who are like Sarah and I are perfectionists and type A overachievers, I think that it will be helpful to hear how that can really have an impact on our health and get um, just absolute breath of fresh air from Jeffrey, who has a wonderful way of um, really turning things into how you need to hear them in a way that I could never do, Sarah could never do. Like we could talk about it, we could talk about the science, but um, I, I do attribute a huge change in my own life, my own mental health and well-being to that coaching se session with Jeffrey. So I'm really looking forward to sharing them with you all. Um, and then he'll also be coming back for an episode in June, um, which is Pride Month, to talk about how to be a better ally. Again. I want to bring experts to a lot of the conversations that we've already started here on the show and um, what better way than with them. Um, I have my friend, um, my good friend, Jen Robbins, who I have known in this community as long as Sarah, um, just a really good, um, a good friend of mine who has gone through her own um, journey and has a lot of expertise from her personal story in a variety of health ailments and ultimately ends up finding true health and well-being in letting go of some of the stuff that she was clinging to so tightly. So, you know, Sarah mentioned sometimes when we have this dogmatic and negative approach, demonizing certain foods or certain behaviors, it can actually inhibit in a negative sort of way. And so I think Jen will be able to share that story and also in letting go of some of that in welcoming modern medicine, how it really changed her life. I mean, it really changed um, how her quality of life. And um, she also did some woo stuff that I'm even just, she was like, I know you're not into it, Stacey. And I'm like, but you know what? It's okay to share. And if that's what helped you, whether it's a placebo effect, whether it wasn't like, it's okay. If that's what helped you, I want to hear about it. And I, I want to share that with people because it might help someone else, even if it's not for me, um, that's okay. So and you can probably tell by the fact that I'm like, it's not for me. It's meditation in nature, <laughs> like not for me. Um, and then I've already recorded with Christina Glickman, who um, I met through the beauty counter community, but she is a TEDx speaker. She gave a talk in 2021 and is an absolute delight. Um, her her platform, she she calls herself Oprah Meets Gucci. She is amazing. Um, and um, she is the art of extra. But what I have brought her on for is to talk about the power of no. Because in order to get where she wanted to be, to have a book, to have a podcast, to be a TEDx speaker, she had to start saying no to a lot of things and a lot of people. And that's really difficult for a lot of us. And again, Sarah and I have talked about this on the show. We have a very difficult time with this. And I, right now, right, with this, with saying goodbye to the show is the power of no for Sarah, is in realizing I, I love this show but it's preventing me from achieving my real goal. Um, and those are sometimes hard decisions, but Christina has a real wonderful way of making that empowering and making it achievable and being able to ask yourself certain questions to evaluate what really does matter and what do you wanna say no to in order to get to the goal. And um, I'm excited to, to share her with you all and um, her story. I'm also gonna have, 
Jen back with Simone in their characters, Esther and Loretta. If you don't know who those characters are, um, they are characters and you will meet them to talk about um, how to identify anti-Semitism and to be better allies, which has really, not that this isn't always prevalent, but come up especially in the last year or so as being um, uh, increasing amounts of anti-Semitism in our culture in ways that are difficult to sometimes identify and can be incredibly harmful for mental health and well-being and has obviously caused, you know, incredible devastation in the community over history. So I'm excited to bring Esther and Loretta, who are just fun characters onto the show to um, help us learn a little more about that and to um, help make other people's lives better by learning more about it. Um, Sarah will be back. I don't know if you guys have heard about this woman, Sarah Valentine. <laughs> Um, our awesome patron community asked a question that Sarah and I both were like, yeah, this is a fun one we can we can tackle together without Sarah needing to do 14 pages of notes. I've actually already put together the show notes for this one. I'm excited. Um, I'm sure Sarah will add more science, but one of my promises to her is like, okay, it's my show now. If you're a guest, like I'll, I'm going to put the show notes together and you don't have to, you know, do three days of work before we record for three hours. It's going to be one hour recording. and um, the show is uh, going to be focused on how salt is both necessary in our lives for our health, but also can be really harmful in, in an abundance of quantity. But also there are certain types of salt that are toxic. There are certain types of salt that are um, really nutrient rich and helpful for our health. And so we're going to go through and just discuss salt. And also like salt is delicious. I love salt. Yeah. Um, and salt is also one of the reasons that humans were able to evolve because we were able to cure our food. So the magic of salt and figuring that out is an interesting one. I'm excited to cover you. Anything else you want to say? I can see you physically nodding your head because we're doing, no, I'm saving it all for when I come back, <laughs> you're just going to all have to wait to learn more about salt until five weeks from now. <laughs> And then um, I also have scheduled Greg Renfrew, who is featured in like every major news network you can imagine, um, and was the award winner of CEW's first ever female founder award um, to discuss how to infuse values into our work. So one of the reasons that I'm so passionate about my work and Beauty Counter as a brand is because of the values. It's a B Corp and they have a mission to put safer products into the hands of everyone by advocating and legislating, not just trying to sell their own products. And that is by no accident. Um, it was Greg's vision. And I'm in, excited to talk with her to hopefully inspire you to figure out how to bring those values that matter to you and to your work. Um, because I think that it can be transformative to really love the work that you're doing and feel passionate about it and infuse your values into it and inspire the people that you work with to also understand your values and come along with you. And so we'll be talking about that. I have Ace Schwartz, um, who is a um, glistens. I, I still can't figure out how to pronounce that, but it's G-L-S-E-N and it stands for, um, it's like the uh, gay, lesbian, um, alliance kind of group. Um, I should have put that in the show notes, but that's what happens when I do show notes. <laughs> it's, I know what it is. So 
was off the top of my head, um, GLSEN's 2019 Educator of the Year. So um, ACE is a non-binary seventh grade science teacher who has fantastic resources that I've been using to learn and grow myself. Um, and their recommendations of books for kiddo are always like spot on. Um, and I love reading them as well. And so um, I know that that's been a topic that we've kind of tangentially discussed and I've shared while well, I'm learning from people, but this is what I can share. This is a person I learn from and who um, is a perfect uh, fit for our show being a seventh grade science teacher wanting to come on and share some fantastic resources. Um, so that'll be in June for Pride Month as well. I'm working with a documentarian, um, her name is Kelsey, to discuss why fat camp is the worst, uh, my personal experiences, but also taking that one step further, what can we as parents do to support our children instead? Like we want our children to be healthy and well. Um, and obviously parents have good intentions in trying to help their children be healthier. Um, if it is such a bad experience, what are some alternatives? And so she and I will go into that. And Matt and I are also going to finally like fully dig into our story of why we quit paleo, um, which hasn't really fully kind of flowered. I think we've plucked around it on the show. And um, I know Sarah's website until she moves to Nutrivore is still the paleomom.com. So we've tried to be really respectful of that. But I know for me personally, paleo was an orthorexic exercise um, more than um, a health journey in a lot of ways. And so we'll be talking about orthorexia as it is a um, food and diet problem similar to um, anorexia or those kinds of things. Becoming orthorexic and obsessed with food and lifestyle from a health perspective can, can be harmful and certainly was in my life for a while. So we will um, be talking about that, Matt and I, and then we have so many more. I can't even tell you how many people who I've reached out to have said yes, who I'm working on confirming dates and figuring out the best time for us to record. Um, but hopefully that gives you a taste of where we're going with the show, which is to still bring about a lot of the things that we've talked about here, but to expand our journeys to being better people, not just within our own physical body, but our own emotional well-being. Healthy inside and out has always been my platform. And I think that in order to achieve that, we do need to focus on being better people to others and to ourselves. So I just, I think it's so exciting and it's, it is so impressive, Stacy. I don't, I don't know that you've taken this like moment to pat yourself on the back to take a change that could have been really hard <laughs> and to, to turn it into an opportunity and an opportunity to expand the, the voice and the reach of this podcast. And I am so excited to watch this podcast continue to grow and to be able to come back and visit from time to time. <laughs> and I, I just, I want to reiterate, you know, when we're talking about what's next, this is big, exciting stuff for both of us. And I'm, I, I know, I know that, um, it's been just a, a huge amount of work behind the scenes to, rejig the podcast and really think about this new format and a shorter format uh, for our listeners going forward and why that's really important. 
and um, and to find those voices that you want to highlight on the show. And I just want a huge virtual hug and high fives and and massive shout out and all my support for you and this podcast moving forward because I just I think it's amazing to be able to take something challenging and use it as an opportunity not just for your own growth, but for the growth of the entire listener base. Thank you. That's really kind. And I, I feel the same about your decision and, you know, in full disclosure, um, one of the things that's not changing is Sarah and I's friendship. And I know that um, that was something you were really worried about in sharing with me that you needed to take this step back because of what that could have been for me. And if I, you know, wanted to take it to a dark place. And I think that knowing your intentions and knowing what matters to you and helping others, like, of course, I'm going to, you know, get behind that and stand with you and and, um, encourage you, even if that means um, it was a big, scary leap and more work for me. But I think in being able to take that step forward had a lot to do with the growth that I've had from working with some of these people, whether it's because I follow them or I was coached by them or I read books that they recommended or, um, you know, whatever it may be, there are a a lot of other experts, like I mentioned, who I'm, you know, excited to, to share as well from, you know, all different kinds of aspects, but um, my emotional growth specifically, um, as I mentioned, being able to say to myself, okay, it's okay if I don't do this perfectly. It's okay if, you know, it's a little messy at first or whatever, because I have a goal to share some of these things that I've learned that I feel have made me a better version of myself over the last couple of years. And I can take that information and these people that I've learned from, and I can share them with others in the hope that I can have that ability because, um, where I am in my journey is stepping away from food. And so, you know, I think that was a great mesh for us for a really long time to talk about anti-diet and how can we both be focused on health and moving away from diet culture is a really complex issue that puts us really at the fringe of both worlds, right? It doesn't make us popular with anybody (laughs) because the the paleo or those kinds of communities that we came from are like, wait a minute, you're not supporting and giving us two thumbs up anymore. Like, no thanks. And then the, you know, the anti-diet community is, wait, you're still talking about like food being important and, you know, needing to focus on nutrients. Like, no, we don't, we need to let go of that. And so we're like sitting here in the middle, like, but popular, but it's true. (laughs) Science. Come on guys. Science. Um, And so I feel like that was really important for the time at which we both were exploring those concepts and to come together with each of our, our knowledge and um, our, our background and experience with those things. But I think for me, I have been focused on food for so long, 10 years and where I'm going in terms of like where my brain wants to take me on a journey of helping others is in a different direction than where you're going. And it's not that food doesn't matter anymore. It's just not the thing that takes up my brain space. And I do think that that's ultimately where you're trying to get people, right? Like there is synergy there because I, 
can make the choices that are still good for me. Like I still don't drink coffee because I know that it's going to increase my cortisol and affect my adrenals. Um, that's science and that's a food choice, but it's also has nothing to do with my weight. Right. And I think that that is ultimately a thread that we're really trying to bring full circle. And so when we do come back together, it will still be the same story that you've heard and the, where I'm taking things next, where you're taking things next are both very natural for each of us, but they're not necessarily parallel. And so I do think that um, after 500 episodes and 10 years, it's only a natural part of life to say, I still love you. I still want to be a part of your life. We're still going to be best friends. We're still, I'm still going to send you questions via text message, <laughs> like this new wave of COVID. Um, <laughs> but I'm going to um, also focus on some different areas that truly were transformative in my life to share with our audience. And um, I appreciate your support. I know um, that um, that has been, something that helped the podcast continue, right, was Sarah being supportive. And so um, shout out to you to also kind of getting behind that and not choosing to be like, I'm done, I'm never coming back and whatever, right? Like, I hope that you see that we we genuinely um, care about each other and care about you listeners. And we're excited to bring you both of these things, um, but they just won't be together all the time anymore. This podcast is sponsored by Just Thrive. I take this probiotic every day, and because I've seen such incredible results personally, I have my teens take it, and I recommend it to all of my skincare clients, too. Yes, we all take Just Thrive probiotic in our house as well, and it's because it is completely unique thanks to the science-backed and clinically proven strains in their formula. Just Thrive uses four keystone species strains of bacillus probiotic bacteria, which means they're essential for creating a gut environment where other probiotics you've probably already heard of, like lactobacillus and bifidobacterium, can grow. And Just Thrive's four strains have been shown to improve digestion, restore microbial diversity during infections, stabilize the gut microbiome, inhibit the growth of pathogenic species, and even produce highly bioavailable antioxidant carotenoids like lutein. I love that we can say all of that because it's backed by clinical trials. They are so legit. Super. All the all the legit. <laughs> in fact, in one trial, just supplementing with Just Thrive probiotic reduced leaky gut and inflammation. I'm no scientist, but my favorite part and my favorite fun fact is that unlike other probiotics, the natural source for these probiotic strains is dirt, which means it doesn't need to be refrigerated. I mean, like magic. I remember when we used to have to take stuff from the fridge and I wouldn't be as regular with it because of that. So unlike other probiotics, Just Thrive is free of wheat, gluten, dairy, nuts, soy, salt, sugar, artificial colors and flavors, binders, fillers, allergens, and GMOs. And you can keep them with all your other supplements. You can even bake with them. They are that heat stable, which is amazing. And listeners, you can get all your Just Thrive probiotics discounted at justthrivehealth.com slash discount slash the whole view and use the code the whole view for 15% off at checkout. That includes bundles and subscriptions. So definitely double up on your savings at justthrivehealth.com slash discount slash the whole view with code the whole view.
Okay, so with that, I'm excited to like look back a little bit because I feel like that kind of brings us to where the show has come from. So um, if we look back on like our early shows, would we even recognize ourselves? (laughs) Oh, the dogma, the judgment, the sometimes inaccuracies, um, where we are now. Yeah, I think... I would rather frame it in terms of uh, an evangelical level of enthusiasm. <laughs> um, but of course, you know, remembering what inspired us to start our blogs, to, you know, our social media accounts, to start this podcast in the first place was the tremendous difference that the paleo diet had made in our lives based on what our priorities and metrics were at the time. And I think how we've grown as people over that time um, is, I mean, it's kind of amazingly encapsulated in this podcast where you can, you can see that growth sometimes in slow incremental ways. And every once in a while in a big, they listen to old shows. I'm like, Oh, I'm so sorry. <laughs> um, but I think you know, I, I'm a person who likes to look back at my prior experiences, both good and bad as things that have forged who I am today. And if I feel confident and happy in where I am today, which I do, then there's no sense in regretting any previous experience, right? Even, even maybe some of the more cringy (laughs) shows, right? Because, because of the the perspective that I have now necessarily had to come through that line. And I think, um, you know, yeah, we, we certainly, uh, drank more of the paleo Kool-Aid, all of the paleo Kool-Aid back then. We were, um, we were making paleo Kool-Aid. We, we were, yeah, let's, <laughs> we were making it and, uh, had our little, uh, Kool-Aid stand set up at the bottom of the driveway for passersby. Um, but at the same time, I think that I would not have the perspective that I have now if I hadn't gone through that and how like going through that still didn't stop me from having health struggles over the last decade, right? Going through that didn't stop me from having professional conflict over the last decade. Um, there, there's been, um, you know, it's those ups and downs and the challenges in that framework that helped me look back at that framework and go, oh, I need a stronger foundation to build my house on because this house is really rickety. And um, and so I think, you know, yes, I'm, I'm not interested in listening back to our old shows. Um, it's not something I'm gonna go do. Uh, Cause again, cringe. But at the same time, I think that that is the sum total of where we are now was that that beginning place. And, you know, we've always been bad at short shows. Our early shows, we had like eight segments. <laughs> we just like, I forgot about that. We used to have like a parenting, like we, mm-hmm. we broke up the show and, and then the whole- Sarah, and then we had listener questions. And I was looking back at some of our old outlines which don't have, like, I didn't write the notes. I had notes on a, on paper and pen back then. Yeah. Um, so I would have like my notes written down in notebooks. And I would have no idea what we were doing coming to the show. Cause (laughs) (laughs) we'd have, 
have like five listener questions that were kind of related. And then we would do a parenting segment and then we might have a guest on for an interview. Like we were trying, I think to be, we were doing all the formats that were successful all in one show. And I think finding our voice and what worked for us was part of, um, part of feeling confident saying something different than what the like Kool-Aid was, right? Like taking that step away from this is what everyone's saying. And we could go, but wait, that A didn't work for us, or that's not realistic, or <laughs> or that's not what the science says, right? A lot of our shows over the last few years have been uh, hey, you see this trend that everyone's jumping on this this bandwagon. Yeah, here's the science showing that that's not a good thing to do. And um, and then all the conflict afterwards of being emailed by the people who, I mean, I just recently had one being emailed by the people who didn't agree with the thing that I said that was based in science on the show who want to you know, just organize a Zoom with me and the entire group of board of directors so I can be bullied for an hour. No, thank you. But part of finding our voice is also finding that that confidence in like, I know I'm, I'm reading the science in a balanced way. I know I'm communicating it in a balanced way. If I ever look back on something and I know that that is not how I would read it now, then we're going to revisit it and just talk about how, whatever I've learned has changed my view on that. And, um, that means that when someone disagrees with me, I don't need to engage because I'm confident with what I've been able to say and finding that voice Yes, lots of cringy moments in the in in the middle, but it it took some some really, you know, challenging, um, and not just the podcast, but all of the sort of like interactions that were tangential to the podcast, right? The talking to people at conferences um, or you know email conversations with people who would be had on as guests, but that was sort of a separate moment in time. It took the one time where we finished an interview and decided not to air it. <laughs> and then maybe we don't have guests anymore. <laughs> maybe this is not where we want to go because that was so antithetical to everything we had talked about on the podcast recently. And like, I, we can do it. We were just sitting at dinner the other night and we were having spinach and Matt said, <sighs> um, he was like, remember the spinach episode? He was like, he was like, things from your body because of all remember, the remember when we had a guest on the podcast who said that the rest of your meal that you're eating right now is completely invalid because you're yeah, eating spinach I, and I was like I super yeah. remember that by the way that's um, not true just for all our listeners and it's fine it's not gonna leach nutrients from your body or stop you from absorbing everything in your meal I um yeah I totally agree that we couldn't have gotten here without going through what we went through. And I think that's just a life lesson in general. And I, I do also think in addition to everything that you've said, there's also what made us different. And I still stand behind this is that our intention was always health. And there are some others in our community, but it's, it's a small, it's a small list of people who genuinely were really focused on the health and well-being of an entire community of people. And I think because we were both moms of young children who we saw the changes in our young children, that the prioritization really was clear to us about health and not like looking your best. And then like 
vaguely pseudo covering that with health, but really truly being about, you know, leaning out and judging other people who didn't look a certain way. And I mean, there are so many instances of people who, you know, went to conferences, myself included, um, that were talked so badly about in the community afterwards um, because somehow their voice, their knowledge, their experience was invalid because they didn't look like they came out of a fitness magazine. And I think, you know, one thing that I can be really proud of is we were never on that bandwagon. We were never on a bandwagon of um, health being um, something to, that makes someone better than another person. Like we recognize that our audience is all at various stages of their journey. And we do have people who, you know, are competitive athletes who listen to our show, but we also have people who, you know, have MS and, you know, can't walk with our show. And the goal is always to help people with health. And so I think where both of us are going is to continue to toe that line, but just with a different lens of things that we've learned over 10 years from that. So with that, I want to say if you are interested, Matt will put a couple of teasers of the questions and answers in our show. You can pop over to patreon.com slash the whole view and hear us answer questions from our live Patreon listeners as well as like ones. 50 questions. It's yeah, we're, we're the worst at quick answer. So I know Matt's just going to put some teasers in here for you. Pop over and you can listen or watch at your leisure. Sarah. I can't say goodbye to you yet because you're going to be on for a, a while. Yeah, here you're not allowed to get me crying now. I have to answer questions. Um, but for those people listening on the show, well, let's all just wave collectively goodbye to Sarah and know that she'll be back in five weeks. I feel like there's got to be a Mary Poppins quote just for this. <laughs> <laughs> just for, I'm not, I'm not really gone. I'm just... I'm, I'm, there's something there's, there's, I should have come prepared with a Mary Poppins quote clearly, because I feel like that's the exact moment. The only thing that's coming through my head right now is pie cross promise. And that's not applicable. Um, but I want to thank you again, listeners for 500 episodes of engagement and community and support. And, um, I am looking forward I know with you to the new heights this podcast is going to be going on and I will be back to visit and I'm looking forward to hanging out with you all again in five weeks. It's just five weeks. It's not that long. Come on. We got it. We got it. Y'all got it, guys. This podcast is sponsored by Audible, which Sarah and I both use all the time. On my car ride home from school drop-off this morning, I finished the Practical Magic book in the Alice Hoffman series, and I'm also reading self-improvement books for my own well-being. Currently, I'm reading Atlas of the Heart by Brene Brown as part of my team's book club this month. I have been re-listening to the entire Outlander series by Dana Gabaldon before I dive into her most recent book, but I also have to say the new well-being collection Audible has put together is amazing. They've created a destination for complete well-being that delivers inspiration, encouragement, and actionable steps, no matter what your goals are. At audible.com slash well-being, Audible editors have curated a range of titles featuring experts in a wide range of self-care and self-development categories. 
from mastering your emotions and improving relationships to getting in shape and finding more success at home and at work. Among the listens are brand new titles from some of the most inspiring original voices in the genre, including best-selling self-help expert Mel Robbins from The 5 Second Rule and Start Here, who returns with a new podcast called Here's Exactly What to Do. Coach Pamela has created Mastering the Skill of Reinvention, which can help you turn the life you dream into the life you live. And renowned music producer and performer Major, who offers Major Frequency, a revitalizing journey into the healing powers of music. Listening opens up a world of opportunities for discovering insights wherever you are, and these titles can give you the confidence and the motivation you need to build the life you deserve. In addition to Alice of the Heart being at audible.com slash wellbeing, I have also seen how to win friends and influence people, which is also on my wish list. So listeners, go to audible.com slash wellbeing. So I'm going to start with some of the questions that were asked in our community while we wait for some more questions to come in. And Sarah, I'm going to read them to you because it's upside down world. It's your last okay. show. You don't have to talk as much, but you do have to answer them as you know succinctly as possible, knowing that we are terrible at short answer. Um, this will be interesting to see how this goes. All right. Understood. Okay. Julie says, can't wait to celebrate 500 shows with you ladies and St. Patrick's Day too. Easy one to start. Thanks, Julie. Oh, okay. So this is not going to translate to audio if Matt decides to put this in the main show, but I'm basically just raising <laughs> raising the because you have to like narrate every hand motion that you do. Physical. Well, I loved seeing that you were hand talking as much as me. So um oh. that made me feel better about life. And not aware of it at all. Well, you know, like I've scratched my face before, like so emphatically hand talking. Um, yeah. I have okay. literally punched myself in the cheek by accident. <laughs> like, <laughs> did you make yourself bleed? That's the real question. No. When just, just numbness. Okay. That's the Italian, not the Irishman in me. Okay. Question from Devora. Hi, Sarah. I have a question that I hope you'll be willing to answer, albeit I don't think you're gonna like it. <laughs> My 19-year-old son is addicted to soda. I've talked to him about the evils, both sugar and diet, but he still drinks it. He's willing to drink diet if it's better. I have diabetes and I'm concerned for him about dumping all that sugar into his liver. But like you've talked about many times, I know that diet is poison too. Are you willing to give me a direction as you were struggling with your kid having a similar experience? Um, yeah, there's, okay. I want to reiterate, there, I'm not judgmental on questions. I don't like or dislike. All questions are cool. Like just questions are good. Um, so uh, I definitely think regular soda is less bad than diet soda. And I think the question to have is with, you know, how many sodas, like, is there a way that we can pull back and, you know, the, maybe the, the, the goal is not to stop drinking soda, but maybe the goal is three a day instead of eight a day. Like, I don't know how, how much your son is, is drinking and maybe there's some healthier beverage that can take its place. And obviously water would be great, but maybe there's some flavors of kombucha that he doesn't want to drink as much of, but maybe he'll drink one of, there are some, you know, sort of cola E type, uh, kombuchas out there. Um, and even in the sort of uh, alternative 
natural foods world, there are some uh, sodas that don't have aspartame. I would say in this case, my, you know, I've put aspartame in a bucket way over there, even though I'm not a fan of like stevia or monk fruit, I would still say that's a million times better than aspartame. Um, but yeah, I would, I mean, that's, you're going to choose your battles. And with a 19 year old, they're a autonomous human being. And what you can do is say, Hey, all that soda is not great. Um, you know, have you considered switching one a day for something else? Um, you know, making sure that you're hydrated, but maybe the, the thing to focus on is not even the soda. Maybe it's just, are you eating enough vegetables kiddo? Or are you getting to bed at a good time, kiddo? Like there's a lot of other things that are going to have a really big impact on his health. So, um, so, you know, like, yeah, it's not great to drink a ton of soda, but there's worse things. And I would definitely say the switch to diet would not be better. I will share my experience with, um, Matt and kiddo. Information on our foster child is reserved for patrons only as it can't be shared publicly so go ahead and join if you want to hear the answer to this question okay we can't talk about kiddo publicly but you guys get a little a little more information here on the patreon community sarah knows more about their background that's the that's the least of their problems unfortunately so um okay next question i've somehow gotten lost in the document already um do you know whether the chicken products from ButcherBox is soy-free? I doubt it since it's, it isn't cheap when you use U.S. wellness meat soy-free chickens as a comparison, but I hope I'm wrong. Also, presumably the pork from ButcherBox isn't grain-free. What's your view on this? Thanks. So I don't know for sure. And my suggestion is to reach out to ButcherBox and ask. They have a very responsive um, sort of help community, you know, customer support person. Um, but also I will say that chickens and pigs are omnivores. So grains are actually a sort of, especially for chickens, grains are a natural part of their, of their diet. Um, and with, you know, with pigs, they're typically fed a varied diet. So I I don't know what the feed is particularly that ButcherBox is, is using or supplementing with. Um, but also I think the concern with Soy and chicken diets sort of originates from this one paper from maybe 18 years ago that showed there was some measurable intact soy protein in chicken eggs when the chickens were fed high soy diets. It's never been shown that there's any soy protein in their meat. Um, And it's also never been even confirmed that it would even be an issue for, um, for if you had a soy allergy for their eggs anyways, it's just this one study. So, um, and they weren't pasture raised in that study either. Like it was exclusive soy feed and without sunshine or fresh air. Right. Exactly. So, you know, we also don't know what their gut health was, for example. So, uh, I don't worry about soy. It's hard to find chickens given soy free, free feed, um, which is actually kind of a hard thing to say. So, um, I can tell you that, that I don't personally worry about, uh, soy free feed in chickens when I'm buying chicken. Yes, I will say that um, if someone receives a diagnosis from a doctor that says they need to not eat meat consumed that consumes certain things, like I, I would 
ask for the information about what that basis is because the science does not support that that protein looks different when you consume okay. it. And like so you don't have beef proteins in your body. If you eat beef, right? Your body digests that protein down to amino acids. The amino acids are absorbed and then your body makes new proteins with it. You're not like part cow just because you eat cow. So to Sarah's point, if the chicken has soy in it and then you eat the chicken, like it's not that you be, you are taking in soy the same way. Like it's, so um, I personally believe that this is part of the fear-mongering, like orthorexia kind of mindset that comes with a lot of the approach. And that's not to say that if you feel a genuine reaction that you should still eat something, obviously I'm not telling you what you should or should not do, but I, I hope that if it's that severe for someone that they're working with, like a functional medicine doctor or someone who can help them get to a place where food is less reactive. Cause I, I can't imagine, um, that to be the case. And I, I would say asking butcher box is a great place if you just want to know the answer. Um, okay. Moving on to the next question. I want to answer Summer's question in the chat, which is uh, LaCroix or Spindrift are consumed a lot. Are those good uh, soda substitutes? So I will say personally uh, that flavored sparkling water is beloved in our house. When I refer to drinking water, like that counts. Um, but we try to reduce our LaCroix consumption because my kids will go through like four cans a day. If I let them, they'll just like grab it because it's available. Um, and they're, they, they have tested pretty high for PFAS. I'm sorry to tell you. So, um, I've switched to bottled mineral water, um, which comes in a glass container and making our own, which the last time we had one of these Q Q and A's, I shared a link with you, Sarah, to Ooh. crystallized, um, lemon, orange, yeah, the two, the two brands, crystallized yes. citrus. And they are fantastic. So I actually stopped buying LaCroix completely. Um, so I just add, I sparkleize my own water with a soda stream, but there's like a million different options like that out there. And then I add some mineral drops and some true, yeah, usually I'll change between the lemon and the grapefruit, but they're all good. Um, and that's completely taken the place of LaCroix. Spindrift um, has some juice in it. So it's quite a different, flavor experience. It's sort of like half, it's like a sparkling juice watered down. It's cool. And I would definitely say like, that's either one is going to be a better option than soda for sure. Um, and if you've got some juice in there, you've also got some actual probably polyphenols and some vitamin C, you've got some nutrients. It's not just water that doesn't taste exactly like water. Um, but, uh, but yes, those would both be great, great great options. And there's also more environmentally sound options as well. Um, so Sherry asks a question that um, we do have on the docket in the unassigned future, but um, I'll say the question and then give you a teaser that I know we are planning on discussing this at some point. Uh, Sherry says, we don't wear shoes in our house because I think of all the gross things that we talk about, public restrooms, et cetera, it grosses me out. Is there science to support not wearing shoes in your house? Um, yeah. So when we 
saw this come through on the suggested topics and we were trying to pick what to focus our last uh, few shows together on. This was one of the ones that we definitely talked about and I did enough research to see that there is some and we will cover it on a future episode where I come back as a guest co-host. Yes. More questions are answered in the Patreon version of this show. We can wrap up with Naked Guy. Um, yeah. So uh, if you recall, we were um, hypothesizing what was Naked Guy doing in the woods? Was he dumped there by his buddies? Like, you know, like had it been, was it intentional or not? So can we ne- just pause to say I never in my life have both been crying and laughing at the same time, but not from crying from laughing. Like I'm still crying from like the show being over and being done. And you're like, okay. And so we're gonna we remember we were hypothesizing about naked guy. And I'm like, oh my God, let me experience one emotion. So I, I so need to move on to the funny story <laughs> so that I don't completely I lose it. This is my like uh okay, I felt all the emotions. Now I'm just gonna keep a Back up now. So sorry, but to hear the Naked Guy story, you're going to have to get the Patreon version of this show. Okay, that's it. Um, I will be back next week and um, am excited to introduce you to um, new people. And thank you so much for your support. And Sarah, we wish you all the absolute best and can't wait to see what you're able to accomplish with more time. Thank you. Bye everyone. To live Q and A's and weekly bonus audio, but they're not for kids ears because our bonus content is explicit. You can also stay in touch with us via our social media channels. I'm at real everything blog. And I'm at the paleo mom. And we've got more great resources on our websites and in our newsletters. Seeking the truth never gets old. Introducing June's Journey, the free-to-play mobile game that will immerse you in a thrilling murder mystery. Join June Parker as she uncovers hidden objects and clues to solve her sister's death in a beautifully illustrated world set in the Roaring Twenties. With new chapters added every week, the excitement never ends. Download June's Journey now on your Android or iOS device or play on PC through Facebook games.